0: Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show. Wolf, what's going
1: on over there? Uh, Not a whole lot right now, Luke. I will tell you, Thursday, I am glad it's Thursday. Got a good buddy of mine, ladies and gentlemen, who believes that Tuesday is the most productive day of the week. It is not. We all know it is Thursday. Thursday has got to be the most productive day of the week because tomorrow's Friday. I think we all understand why and what that does to you the day before.
0: <laughs> I wasn't ready for that answer. Next Thursday is not going to be productive at all cuz we're all just going to be eating turkey all day. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah, so what a beautiful thing that is, man. I cannot wait for that. You got to love the turkey and the mashed potatoes, right? I'm so traditional when it comes to that, except for the pumpkin pie. Don't don't talk yeah, about pumpkin I'm, pie to I'm me. Mad you know I'm that with I you cannot. This. Oh, yeah, yeah, you
0: don't like it either, huh? It's fine. It's like there's so many other pies I would rather have than oh, pumpkin pie. My Pumpkin
1: pie is fine.
0: How do you even say it's fine,
1: though, Luke? I'm sure you had me, and then you lost
0: uh, me. It's it's fine in the sense of, like, I could use it to prop a door open. <laughs> like, if I was like, here, prop that door open and bring me, like, cherry pie or something else.
1: Pumpkin pie. Okay, who was the first guy who said, man, this pumpkin smells good? Like, have you ever cut open a pumpkin and smelled it? I don't think that person exists It is exists some of yet. the worst stuff in the world. What do you say we
0: make dessert out of this? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way, man. It's, it's Pumpkin clearly, pie's awful. Being. ...pushed on us by, like, the pumpkin patches of America or Indeed, something. Oh, yes. isn't this delicious? It, no, no, well, there's it there's a secret handshake that goes with these pumpkin pie lovers. <laughs> you ever actually see anybody eat it? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I love it, but I never see them actually eat it. Yeah, there's always
1: a bunch of other stuff you put on yeah. it, too, most of the time. Anything right? that a lot needs of that much whipped
0: cream, <laughs> <laughs> that's telling you something. I can put whipped cream on Brussels sprouts and Just they would taste the, okay.
1: The smell of the
0: pumpkin pie itself, the stench, is nasty. Well, I, I saw it being made when I was, like, seven. And, and that scarred me for life. Oh, like, of yeah, course. I saw the behind-the-scenes of because right. yeah. what does it look like? It's, exactly. it's just everything. Next. Uh, all right, so the Phoenix Suns beat Golden State again, and it wasn't all that close again. They win by 11 last night, 130-119. to 119. Steph did his part, 50 points. <laughs> that still wasn't enough, Wolf. Um, you said something earlier this week about Golden State. I think it was yesterday. Who knows? Everything's a blur. That, you know you're not just a lock to, to cruise right back to the finals when your season starts with one of your players punching another one of your players. And it's very early in the season, and I fully expect that when we see the Warriors in the playoffs, they are going to look like a much, much, much better team, obviously. They still haven't won a road game all season. And the Suns the Suns did it last night as a team over basically one player. And usually Golden State isn't one player. Yeah, you know what's so
1: bizarre about it? Um, you know, it's interesting because they do look disheveled, man, the warriors. Um, they look like a shell of themselves for the bo- for the most part, but you know what Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole the night before, Jordan Poole of course he went for 36. The last game they played he went for 36, lit it up and to watch him go out there and score two points in 27 minutes, you tell me. It just <laughs> that just looked really really odd right there to see Jordan Poole go out and play as poorly as he did, didn't make a shot from the field. Oh.
0: No. And and look, I mean, to say something about Golden State, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, they're not going to be good. They're going to struggle to make the playoffs. They're not going to get out of the first round. It's not that. It's through the lens of, are they going to repeat? I think most people coming into the season thought, okay, there's some other good teams. I put I put the Celtics. I put the Suns in that group, Milwaukee in that group as teams that could knock Golden State off. But you're still trying to knock Golden State off. And you certainly still are. Man, they're 0-8 on the road. (laughs) <laughs> like how many teams start yeah. 0 and 8 on the road especially and then when you're cruise. talking about
1: them how tough they are yeah, you mean, know just the toughness they're they're so well known for that and one of the reasons why they are a dynasty and yet yeah you know what they go on the road it's just something's wrong man the
0: the chemistry surrounding this team is not right you can see it good uh Devin Booker after the game the Suns have no interest in the Warriors problems they had problems of their own they'd actually dropped two in a row so Booker said we need this bounce-back game. Um, I mean, we never want to lose
1: two games in a row. Um, that was tough on us, especially in the Miami game, having a late lead and, and losing that. So, you know, we just wanted to be locked in. We had some key points that we wanted to lock into, and we did a good job of it today.
0: Uh, they did. Devin Booker had a really good game, 27 points. we got to talk about campaign, though, Wolf. Campaign went out there, and I don't want to say he took over the game because yeah. Steph had 50 points. Yeah, But he <laughs> took over the winning side of the game, at least at times. That's That was really encouraging to see what campaign did last year. Yeah, night.
1: no, I'm with you on that
0: one, man. Campaign
1: was absolutely fantastic. And yet I, I have to go big picture. I have to go bigger than that right now. I know you want to talk campaign, and that's fine. Uh, get your campaign cut, ready to go. But for me right now, there were were two stats, man, two stats. um, Two stats that I looked at and all I really cared about right now, the rebounding stat, the Suns out-rebounded the Warriors, which was awesome. That in the free throw attempts. Now, 25 for the Phoenix Suns. 25 coming off of four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> think about that for a
0: minute uh, right now. They, they made a concerted effort in fact here's here's Booker after the game. It
1: um, was a bit intentional coming out for a game with four free throws total for a team I mean, you know we just wanted to assert ourselves in different ways and kind of um, just be more aggressive than we were in Miami.
0: Look, you can laugh at it, you can get frustrated about it, whatever happened in Miami, but the reality is if you're shooting four free throws in any game, you're not going to win that game. <laughs> yeah. That was such an absurd number, and a lot of that, if you go back and watch that game, it, there were missed calls, obviously. If You're going to tell me one team only has four free throw attempts, then there were some missed calls, but some of it is on the Suns to build that reputation up as a team that, hey... If I'm going to the rack and I, and I look like I got fouled, I probably got fouled. Like You have to, I guess, build that reputation back up, even though you were in the NBA Finals two years ago and you won 64 games last year. yeah, But they did build it up yesterday.
1: No, they did, man. And uh, to their credit right there, they have to do this. They have to become a more physical team, and that includes DeAndre Ayton. And once again, DeAndre Ayton had zero free throw attempts in a game. He played 32 minutes, had zero free throw attempts which is just hard to imagine that, isn't it? I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to give this guy so much room because I really do like him. I do. I, I really like DeAndre Ayton. I think he's a good player. But man, when you're talking about a max contract right now, do you think he's playing like a max player?
0: Oh, I, I honestly, what bothers me about Ayton is that he seems to be taking a step back this year. I, that that's what's weird to me. That's it's come very, on. it's very strange. The rebounding thing. I know I brought this up a lot the other day, but. I mean, come on, DeAndre Ayton's typically a top 10, top 15 rebounder in the league, okay? Now, if you're like me and you came into the season, you're like, okay, he got paid. I'm just going to accept D.A. for what he is. He's a very good player. Maybe he's not great. Maybe he's not ever going to become great. But he showed flashes of it in the playoffs a couple years ago, and he is a very good player. To me, I was like, I'm going to stop thinking of him as a number 1 overall pick. I'm going to stop thinking of him as a max player. I'm going to stop thinking of him as the guy that got drafted ahead of Luca, and just think of him as a, a big piece of the Suns. But his production has gone, like significantly backwards this season. Yeah, 7.7 rebounds a game for a guy that routinely averages a double-double. It's a career low in rebounds. And now it's not like we're four games into the season. We're what? We're basically like a a little over a sixth of the way into the season?
1: You know, and I really liked it, too, the way he started. I thought he came out with intention and then just kind of backed off from that point forward. The Suns, collectively, as a team to me, seemed ready to go from the get. Right from the get go, yeah. man. I mean, they scored 36 points. Yeah, they gave up 33 points in the first quarter as well. But for the most part, they had the lead wire to wire, you know, had 72 points at the half, but they came out. What I loved was this 16 free throws in the first half. I mean, they were, they made a concerted effort to get to the line and finished as we said with 25, but, um, they came out with intent, and you could see it, and I loved it. The intensity level, offensively in particular, was off the charts, and Campaign was right in the middle of it, coming all the way back
0: to Campaign with 18 points in the first half. Yeah, Campaign helped set the tone. I mean, there were a couple shots where you, you see him make a play, and then there's a timeout. and Who is he over talking to on the Suns bench? Chris Paul, yeah. obviously. and. Talking to Chris Paul and being mentored by Chris Paul doesn't make you Chris Paul. I think Campaign and Chris Paul have done a pretty good, honest job of identifying you know the differences and the similarities potentially where where can you as campaign be similar to chris paul and where are you just different and and you're going to have to accept that but but also kind of play up the strengths of where you're different and i think we're seeing him do a pretty good job of that and i have no doubt chris paul has his fingerprints all over this
1: sure and the last thing i want to say about this is just the intensity level was not where i thought it was going to be i did i expected here we go playoff DA part 2 get teed up though playoff part 2 no idea and i want to talk about yeah. da because that to me that was a highlight I was like,
0: somewhere Wolf is cheering right now as he gets teed up. Stare at him. All right. uh, When we come back, what will the Cardinals' offense look like with Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins? If that happens on Monday, we'll discuss next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We had some uh, some pretty big news throughout the show yesterday, Wolf, and we got to react to it a little bit. But now that the dust has settled and we're in Thursday and we're starting to get ready for this weekend's games, the idea that Hollywood Brown might be able to play on Monday against the 49ers. In fact, I, know, I would kind of assume if he's this close with everything on the line, he will play. That's a potential game changer.
1: Yeah, you know, and I know the Arizona Cardinals are being very, very careful in how they characterize this and how they set this up with Hollywood Brown coming back. But you're not going to run a guy out there and let him practice. You're not going to do it. You're not going to bring him back and let him practice unless you think he's ready to go. Especially with Hollywood Brown. You're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. You have too much invested Especially, exactly right, and especially when you've got the bye week looming as well, right? So, for me right now, um, I look at this as Hollywood Brown's going to play. Now, nobody's told me that. Nobody's told me that. If there's no setbacks, of course, I believe Hollywood Brown
0: is going to play. There's no way to know about the setbacks, but I'm with you. You're not going to activate him unless he's ready to play. And... Again, you're four and six. You are still in it, but you're four and six. You're in it, but you're on the outside looking in. This is not, you know, if they were eight and two right now. If this was last season, right. you know, Hollywood, go ahead and take another week or two. We'll see you after the bye because right. we're we're playing for the playoffs. Now, I get that the Cardinals right now are still playing for the playoffs, but it kind of is the playoffs. It for them. is. So yes, <laughs> oh. if he can play, I would assume he's going to play. Now, here's Hollywood Brown. Yesterday, we didn't get to play any of the audio because it came down right at the end of the show. Uh, he was asked, "Okay, you're back here." How close are you to being back in an actual game? I mean, I'm just taking it one day at a time, uh, however I'm feeling. You know, each day that's how we gonna take it. That's how we gonna approach it, move forward. And he was asked if he's surprised to be back at practice this quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm a man of faith. Uh, I told him when I was hurt, you know, when they put me on IR, I'd be back in four weeks. So you know, it's God's plan. Uh, just excited to be where I am right now. I mean, it's, it is quick. He got hurt October 16th. Yeah. And the thought, remember, the original thought was he's done for the year. Yeah. Remember, they traded for Robbie Anderson on Monday and then the reports were coming out that he was done for the year. And then we had Cliff on that day. And he was because by the time we had Cliff on in the afternoon, the story had gone from he's done for the year to he's probably done for six weeks six to eight weeks sure and even cliff was like yeah i mean i was hearing the national reports that you guys were hearing but now this is where we are and now here we are wolf and it's like barely four weeks later and there's a decent chance he plays
1: right so what could this look like luke what could this look like and what does it mean for the arizona cardinals and their offense going forward that's the questions that we ask. We better see shots down the field. Uh, yeah, why else would you? We have better see so, we better see some shots down the field, and I'm not just talking about the Hollywood Brown. I'm not. Give me the freak on a fade, man, and you know who I'm talking about. D Hop, give me give me D Hop on a fade all day long. I'll take that all day long. Throw it up there, man. This guy is open when he's covered.
0: Take some shots down the field. He's one of the few players that you're confident on a fade is going to make the catch. Like DeAndre Hopkins and... I don't know Randy Moss. I mean, there's a few other ones, but in the league right now, it just feels like the fade is such a low percentage completion. And I get that it doesn't get intercepted as much. I mean, it's, it's less risky in that sense. But you're right with with Hopkins. It's like throw it up there. He's, he's probably going to come throw it up with there, this.
1: man. And once again, you know, you're talking about hey, this is this is a good way to get the ball out. You look out there and you got D Hop. He's out there, and somebody walked up over him and pre- and is pressing him. A lot of times they'll take a route and convert it to a fade just because, hey, you're going to walk up, you're going to press D hop. That's great. Whatever route he was going to run, he's no longer going to run it, depending on where that safety might be as well. He might just go and run that thing a fade and a fade. Remember, hey, that's a run, man. That's a nine route right there. Go. It doesn't. A lot of times we think of fade only in the red zone. We we think of that, and rightfully so. Um, isn't that right, AJ Grant? Okay, <laughs> Rondell Moore though. How about Rondell Moore that on was, the fade on the fourth down right catch. there? Took a great, great catch yeah. and a great throw, of yeah. course. But it was down the field. I, I want to see shots down the field. Uh, It's not just Hollywood coming back. Hollywood is definitely going to do that. He's going to loosen it up right there. You know you're going to take some shots down the field, but it's also the freak on a fade right there and Rondell Moore over the top. The ball needs to come out quicker. There's no doubt about it. If Kyler Murray is playing, the ball needs to come out quicker, but you need to take shots down the field. More than anything else, in my opinion.
0: Skylar Murray yesterday, what it would do for the offense if they would finally have Hopkins and Hollywood on the field for the first time together, ever. I mean, if they're both on the field, yeah, it's dangerous. You know, r- along with Rondell, Robbie, A.J., uh, James, Dorch. I mean, obviously Zach just got hurt. Trey's got to get going. You know, the, the weapons are endless. You know, it's just about executing, uh, staying on schedule. And um obviously, you know, 49ers got a great rush. Defense is playing well. Regardless of the record, we know what they're capable of. You know, they're, uh, people are, you know, high on the 49ers right now. Obvious reasons, but uh, they're a great team. So. Yeah, he just said it, Wolf, at the beginning of that, though. It makes them dangerous. This Cardinals offense looked dangerous at times last year. It really hasn't looked dangerous this year. Last week, it was good enough to win a game. It got the job done. And, and we'll get into hard knocks in a little sure. bit. It, that was very intentional how they did things last week, and it got them win. And that's ultimately what you're trying to to do but if you have Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore out there now evolving into whatever he's becoming that is a dangerous offense and I will tell you you know you go into this game this weekend my thought earlier this week was okay they found a way to grind it out against the Rams maybe they can do it against the 49ers but you're gonna need some things to go your way if you have Hollywood and Hopkins out there this is a lot more doable now
1: yeah, yes, I'm sitting there looking at you and watching <laughs> you speak. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? You know what I'm, I think is dangerous. What I'm afraid of right now based on our needs. I'm afraid of the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are suddenly going to run 10 personnel out there. We're going to see the air raid once again. That's this is what I'm I'm concerned about. I'm looking at it like this. Okay, Zach Ertz. Is Zach Ertz hey, is he playing? Here? No, no. Zach Ertz is not actually playing anymore this year for the Arizona Cardinals, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, would you say there's um, a problem at tight end right now? Because Trey McBride, you would imagine, would get the the vast majority of reps well, he he's not going to produce the way Zach Ertz has produced right now. It's unfair to expect him to produce the way Zach Ertz has produced. And he's still trying to make his way as a tight end in the National Football League and figure it out, and he's a rookie trying to do that. Uh, Steven Anderson, here's a guy that, okay, um, he's got a little something to him I like. There's no doubt about that, yet at the same time, um, he's not really a tight end. He isn't, in my opinion. He's 230 pounds. You don't see a lot of tight ends at 230 pounds right now. I, I I'm wondering if, in fact, unless we hear from Max Williams and you tell me that Max Williams is going to come back and he's going to play and he's ready to go, please, 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 please tell me that's the case.
0: We're, we're going to get into that. Later Otherwise,
1: in the show. Uh, look at the dearth once again at tight end, and look at the amount of wide receivers you have on this roster. Well, <sighs> and you've got Hollywood possibly coming back. I think Hollywood is going to be back. If he if he suffers no setbacks whatsoever, we're going to see Hollywood Brown in Mexico City.
0: If you had to go 10 personnel or a lot more 11 this week, though, given what you just said, like I feel like this was a different conversation at the start of the season where it's like, what's your philosophy going to be? Whereas now, You're right. I mean, Zach Ertz is hurt. Max Williams, we don't know his status yet. You got a rookie tight end. You got Steven Anderson. If you're going to have Hollywood back, you may have to go 10 personnel more just out of survival. And then, to me, that doesn't bother me as much as abandoning the run or abandoning 12 personnel at the start of the season as your philosophy if you got to go with it this week it's more like uh, we have to adjust to the situation in front of us
1: yes Max are you looking at me where where are you Max Williams please Max you can Mm. go are you good to go buddy can you go uh, man, I, honestly, I want to see that so badly I could taste it.
0: Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Episode 2 of Hard Knocks in Season featuring the Cardinals was released last night. So what stood out? We'll give you our reactions next with Hard Knocks with Hard Rock on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't think it ever hurts to put an extra camera in somebody's face to try to get the best out of them. Previously on Hard Knocks. <laughs> I'm tired of losing that home. We need to get this together. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Arizona Sports, the local sports
1: leader. Get ready for a show. Get ready
0: for a show. This is Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. Wolf and Luke on last night's episode of Hard Knocks in season with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, this is how we're going to recap each episode. We'll talk about the show throughout the show uh, today, but specifically right here, this segment, Wolf, we're doing this every Thursday, Hard Knocks with Hard Rock, and we will start with the Show Stealer. Show Stealer. All right, who took over the show last night? Do you want me to go first, or you want to go first? You go first. Okay, I'm going to go first since you just said that, and I actually cheated. I have two, but they kind of worked in tandem last night. LaCeda Smith and Kelvin Beachum. Wow. I don't think they were meant or intended to be the focus, but man, you start to build up LaCeda Smith, and you see how nervous he was. Rightfully so, he's getting the start, and then oh, by the way, you're going up against 99, and just how everybody on his team framed up going against 99, and how hard knocks they introduced 99 the first. time he's on camera like he was a villain in like a Marvel movie or something here's LaCita Smith I'm used to hearing oh next man up. just be ready you're the next man up you're up if I'm being completely honest, I did not expect to
1: touch the field at all this season. I want to do the right thing as far as you know on the field and of course off, off the field as well. So I hope people look at me as a very accountable and uh, trustworthy guy.
0: Yeah, Lasitas, so you're going to go ahead and play. You're going to face Aaron Donald, yeah. and you can't mess up because we have to win.
1: By the way, that's going to be your first start. Yeah, how's that feel? <laughs> Everything He's else literally be easy. talking about. It. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking I was going to see the field this year. And oh by the way, let's see if somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, Aaron Donald is your assignment this week. They
0: kept tapping him on the shoulder. They kept reminding him. There was one point I love where, that, man. there was one point where he was like, uh, you know, people are gonna go easy on me because they know it's Aaron Donald, right? And go a little bit easier on me. And Calvin Beecham just looked at him like, Okay. Uh, here's more from uh, Beecham. Play football, bro. I did it was too play football. Play football. Don't say don't it was too play football, pick one and run them over out wrong. I just, I thought those two stole the show, especially the way the game ultimately played out and Aaron Donald didn't get a sack. Okay, no, I
1: absolutely love that clip right there. That, to me, it brought me off the couch when I saw that. And the reason being is because that is leadership defined by Calvin Beecham right there. Not surprising. Calvin Beecham to me. I mean, listen, this guy, um... I, It's already, it's not a situation where I looked at Calvin Beecham and didn't have a lot of regard and respect for him, ladies and gentlemen, before this, but just watching him, knowing how intelligent he is and how much respect and regard I've had for Calvin Beacham as a pro, not just with the Arizona Cardinals, but his entire time in the NFL, how much I respected him. And then to see him lead this young guy, play football, play football. There was no excuse. There was nothing there. That is, <laughs> that is leadership right there. Calling out a young guy and Lucidus was trying to make, you know, he's trying to build he a case for himself. It, yeah. Calvin Beechin was not having it. Play football. That's right. awesome, man. That that brought me off the couch. Who's your uh, show stealer? Okay, my show Steelers got to be Colt McCoy.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's ultimately who they intended for it to be. I don't want to go into this game if anybody has confusion on what they're supposed to do. Dude, if we don't know what to do, and if it's not detailed and dialed in, then we're not going to beat this team. If we know what to do, and if the spacing's right, and do what you, you do your job, we'll beat this team. That's the, that's the we'll beat anybody. That's the bottom line. So when we talk about, like, what can we do, it's just these little details that are just adding up. Hold up, wide outs. And it's not one position group. you be in the place you're supposed to be, you get the ball. Like, (laughs) when you're ready to pull the trigger, most of the time, somebody's open. Silent one. We're better across the board on all this stuff. Hey, oh, Yeah, wait for me, man. Wait for me. I mean, like, little things. Hey. It's the details of it.
1: Oh my goodness! It is the details of it. You know what he sounds like? Based on it? he sounds like a coach talking to yeah. a player. He doesn't sound—he doesn't sound like a quarterback actually talking to his quarterback coach, Cam Turner. He sounds like a coach talking to a player. He's thirty-six years old. Even though he really looks like he's, he's eighteen he's 12, years
0: yeah. old,
1: yeah. it's just incredible. That to me. His leadership
0: is what stood out, and it stole the show. All right, let's get to the sound. Standout out sound. Uh, sticking with Colt for a second, I, I love this clip. Wolf, after the game, Cardinals win, there's that sense of relief. Colt McCoy at midfield, he's talking to Sean McVay. He's all excited. He, he's talking to Sean McVay like, hey, you're excited for us too, right? Except Sean McVay was coaching the other team. Finally slowed Aaron now. I told him, we have four offensive linemen now. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, all right, Colt, I'm happy for you, but I'm not that happy I know, for you.
1: I you can see it. Sean was like, this
0: conversation is over yeah, right, right now. You understand <laughs> yeah, that, I, right? Yeah, I'm the one that just lost to you when you only had four offensive linemen. So that was the standout sound you had I, right I there? I had a couple. I, I, um, I'll play one more. This is Buddha Baker right before the game when he went out there on the field. All my chicks is in. Let's go. I am reserved <laughs> I'm all in. I mean, I think that was everybody's thought when they saw him going
1: out there. What was yours? You know what though? Uh, can I just say that you didn't have to say that, Buddha, for me to know that.
0: Well, he showed it. He is. You don't have I, to say, you, have to to say that, Buddha.
1: You, you don't have to say it, man. We know it. We see it every week that you're out on the field. We know you're ready to go. Your chips are always all in. Okay, uh, my standout song had to be J.J. Watt talking about raising a family, talking about his son, talking about a child coming into his life. Any parent who's ever told you how amazing it is, how awesome it is, how special it is, it is all of that and then
0: a hundred times more.
1: There's two feelings that happen at the exact same time. Number one, you don't care about anything else in the world but your family, your son, your wife. But at the exact same time, you care immensely more about everything in the world because you know it affects your family and your wife and your son. So it's these two contrasting things and but at the same time it's just the best feeling in the world. I'll get moments with just me and him in his room and I'll be rocking him in the chair and just telling him about life and telling him about his his grandparents and telling him about my grandparents and just speaking to him and just knowing that you get a chance to show him the world.
0: Big J.J. episode last night.
1: Yeah, you know what I loved about this, Basinonians? It just goes to show you and remind you once again, people play the game of football. People, human beings, play football, not robots. And their personal life always impacts how they play on the field. Always. Never forget that. And you can hear it in his voice. How sincere it is for J.J. Watt. And is it any
0: surprise he played the game he did? Uh, He had a monster game. Let's get to hard truth. Hard truth. Yeah, for me, what stood out uh, in this regard was they knew Colt McCoy was starting pretty much all week. He knew, and there was such a point of emphasis on what we talked about on Monday, how quickly he got the ball out. And I, look, you can see it. You watch the game, you're like, wow, Colt's getting the ball out quickly. But there were so many different instances throughout last night's episode where they were talking about that being the main goal of the game, like Colt McCoy right here talking to Steve Kine. how to you get the ball out this week, huh? Got <laughs> uh, about 1.5 seconds. I got a snap of two left in me, though. Or Sean Jefferson Talking to Colt. Colt, I know you will,
1: man, but just make sure we got great communication. I know you will. Here's what I told him this week the ball is coming out. Be where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there.
0: Obvious during the game on Sunday, Wolf, but watching it last night, it was clear how how important it was to them all week leading up to the game. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. That was one of my big takeaways. We'll get into it a
1: little bit more as the show unfolds. But what did I learn? What did I learn, man? I'll tell you what. Um, Calvin Peachum is a dog. <laughs> He is a dog. It's one of the reasons why he was really, really close to stealing the
0: show. No, he did steal the show. (laughs) I know. That's what
1: you say. No, I think it was Cole McCoy. But Calvin Beachum is a full-fledged dog. Isn't that right, Leonard Floyd?
0: Yeah. What? What? What?
1: Game. All game, all he was game. A Talking to Leonard Floyd, <laughs> just saying, what are you doing? What are you gonna do? I, I, <laughs> I knew Calvin Beach, I knew that I liked him. I knew that um, he was a great leader. I had no idea what kind of dog yeah. he was on the field.
0: He was already one of my favorites, but last <laughs> night just cemented that. And we got one Beach. final category: the Wolf Count. Wolf Count was at oh, six no. this week, Oh, my goodness. Ten okay. last week and six this week. Next. So I just to make sure we had that uh, marked <laughs> in there. That's right. declivitous, some would say. That was uh, Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, so much more. It returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back... The Suns might be close to a trade for Jay Crowder. In fact, they were reportedly very close last night. We'll react next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. welcome back to the show here on this Thursday morning. It is Wolf and Luke's Suns. A nice win over the Golden State Warriors last night. So now 2-0 and over the Warriors already this season. And, you know, just kind of judging by the comments of Devin Booker and some of the other guys afterwards. Yeah, it's always big to beat Golden State. It felt like it was a bigger deal specifically that it was Golden State the first time around, Wolf. Last night it sort of seemed like it was a big deal to snap that two-game losing streak that the Suns were quietly on.
1: Yeah, not only that, too, the first time the Suns beat Golden State it was earlier in the season, of course, and you know what? Uh, The intensity level was through the roof. Just watching the Warriors play and lose yet again another road game. (laughs) Right, K Ray was telling us about this yesterday. Going into it, just the fact that they had lost what seven. Consecutive road yeah, games. They are zero
0: and eight on the road. Zero and
1: eight <laughs> on the road. So you know what? Uh, yeah, that was interesting.
0: It's very, it's very strange for, for Golden State to be that bad at right. anything. Now, what is also strange with the Sun season? is Jay Crowder is still on the team, but he isn't on the team. And it doesn't feel as dire or as pressing right now when you're coming off an 11-point win over the Warriors, but there have been stretches, like the two-game losing streak leading up to that, like specifically the Orlando game or the Philadelphia game last Monday, where it looks like the Suns are not quite a complete roster, not the sort of team you would run into the playoffs and feel confident that they can get where they ultimately want to get. And that is because... In no small part that Jay Crowder hasn't been dealt yet. So Jay Crowder had this uh, post on his Instagram story that was just a clock, not the clock that you hit into the other day, but just an actual, <laughs> an actual clock. <laughs> Fell into with my face. <laughs> uh, but so, it, it, so he had that, which is cryptic, obviously. But then you had Mark Stein, who is usually pretty, uh, pretty on the ball with these things, tweeting out that there has. Been some credible rumbles this week that the Suns have made progress on finding a trade resolution to the Jay Crowder saga. Crowder's cryptic IG story appears to address to feed into that notion. And then Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports said word as the Suns appeared close to finalizing a three-team trade involving Jay Crowder prior to tip-off tonight against Golden State. He tweeted out late last night.
1: What does he mean by appeared right there? We were talking about this before the show started in our show prep meeting, and it appeared, appeared. As in past tense, is that what he's saying right there? It appeared as though it was ready to go, and then it wasn't?
0: There have been times where we have dissected a quote from somebody, (laughs) and I felt like, okay, is Wolf maybe going too, is he looking too deep into it? And I think every one of those times you've been 100% right, up to and including Aaron Donald last week. By last week, I learned they're usually right. Guys. Yeah, and all of a sudden you see multiple quarterbacks playing for the Rams. But um, I don't know what to make of appeared. Because that no. makes it sound like Appeared. It, it was it, never it going to happen. It just looked like it. I don't know.
1: Either way, it didn't happen. It did not happen right now. And honestly, um, man, the whole Jay Crowder situation, I was sure when Cam Johnson went down base onions, we were going to get an announcement the next day. When Cam Johnson was down for one to two months, never forget that, too. It's one month to two months. It's either this period of time or (laughs) double this period of time. I mean, you know, four to five weeks, I understand. I I get that. (laughs) Uh, One month or two months, it could be. Four-ish
0: to eight-ish weeks. (laughs)
1: That kind of blew my mind right there. Um, But I expected James Jones and the Phoenix Suns to make an announcement quickly. There was going to be a press release that was going to come out that uh, they were going to announce Jay Crowder was going to actually be back in the locker room, ready to go. Since he is a Phoenix song. He
0: is. There would be no, you don't have to go sign him. The the only thing you don't the, have to do anything. I think the
1: more and more we talk about this, the more and more of the, the only thought I have, Basin Onions, in my head is, Jay, what did you do? Yeah, you what, know what did you We got to
0: put that on the list that we had yesterday. <laughs> I want to know what Devin Booker said to Jay, Clay the first time around.
1: Listen, you know, anyone who listens to this show, you know how much I love Jay Crowder. I'm a Jay Crowder dude. Jay. What did you do, dog?
0: So there you go. so we're at we're at uh, I want to know what Booker said to Clay Thompson in the first meeting that got Clay tossed. I want to know what Eno said to get him cut. and I want to know what Jay Crowder oh, I'm my assuming, goodness. said <laughs> to get him in the position now where they don't want him back and he doesn't want to be back after things looked so good the last couple years. Uh, I'm assuming that if they were this close to a three team trade, Something's going to happen fairly soon, don't you think? Because nothing, yeah. nothing big enough to just completely blow up a three-team trade would have happened last night. It's not like Jay Crowder played and got hurt. Yeah, no, that's a great
1: point right there. You have to wonder: did somebody get cold feet? Is it possible one of the general managers? You got three of them you're talking about right now. One of the general managers got cold feet in the situation. Maybe an owner came in and nixed the deal. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen. Uh, maybe an agent got poed when he got wind of what was going on and who may be involved and oh by the way i happen to represent another player for your team yeah and you know what it's gonna cost you know i mean there's there's, there's so many moving parts there's a lot of stuff that could have come into play especially when you're talking about more teams
0: it would be nice to know who the three teams are which is every single response back to this jake fisher tweet of okay who were the three teams. Yeah. And then finally one guy was like, I think one of them was the Suns. <laughs> one of them was the Suns. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, thank you, that's good. Uh, right there. He did that just for a fact, yeah, of course. Well, Firing for a fact. It, 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 it appears, or at least the consensus is, uh, Miami's one of the three teams that... They have shown a pretty good amount of interest in Jay Crowder. Okay, uh, but that's that's not like a report. That's just kind of what everybody is assuming that Miami would be one of the teams. And but they Utah's have not something.
1: one of them. Is that what you're saying? I
0: it could be Utah. Who knows? It could be anybody. It could, absolutely could be Utah. Um, I don't know. I, I have to think at some point here we're gonna we're gonna get this trade. But I, I <sighs> James Jones has done a good job of not putting himself in the corner. You know what I mean? Like. Cam Johnson goes down and they don't bring Jay Crowder back in. Then if you're a team trying to trade for Jay, I'm sure you're like, hey, you want a late second-round pick for this guy? You clearly don't want him. And I think what has helped him is the Suns are still – Winning games, I know they were on a two-game losing streak, but as long as they keep winning, he doesn't have to be forced into a bad trade. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's still got months before the trade deadline. I wouldn't wait that long, but as far as just for leverage sake, he doesn't have to panic.
1: Yeah, and I can I just say this right now, and there's no panic in my voice whatsoever, but I I will tell you that um, I think, I, I think that. Jay Crowder and the reason why Jay Crowder is not in that locker room, it has something to do with DeAndre Aden. Can I just tell you that right now? I'm sorry. This is my, we're, we're left to speculate about this stuff. Um, but it doesn't strike me. You brought up Cam Johnson right there. Cam Johnson does not strike me as a guy that needs the moon, sun and stars aligned for him to go out there and play. DA does. Whether that's fair or not, D.A. with his inconsistent play from time to time, and again, this coming from a D.A. fan, he's a good player. Please don't misunderstand me. Yet when it comes to competition and competing, I could easily see DeAndre Ayton angering a guy like Jay Crowder, who you know is going to bring it, bring the intensity, night in, night out. And for a player like that, Bays and audience, for a player like Jay Crowder, To see another player that has so much more talent than Jay Crowder will ever have, and yet that person cannot bring that talent to bear night in and night out, that's that's a personal offense to a guy like Jay Crowder. So for me, if I'm guessing right now as to what it is, and I know we've speculated on this before, but I'm almost certain that's what it is. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and it won't be the first time. But yeah. that is is what I suspect has gone on with Jay Crowder inside that locker room.
0: Well, you're not reporting anything. You're no. speculating. That's what no. we're left to do. But I, I will I will say this. If if we're only left to speculate, I think the assumption almost has to be that they were either worried that there would be Friction if Jay Crowder stuck around. Now, let's just go through. And again, this is speculation. Do you really think there's going to be friction with Chris Paul? I don't. Devin Booker, I don't. You know, you start to go down the list. And the one thing I will say that would support your theory, we didn't hear anything about Jay Crowder getting traded after the season. It wasn't like Jay Crowder two days after the loss, like, get me out of here. There wasn't any rumbling from the Suns of like, okay, yeah, we're going to move on from Jay. We heard that August 1st from Jay Crowder. We heard DeAndre Ayton sign his contract extension about a week and a half earlier. Yeah. So if there was any thought of we're going to keep one or the other, and then it was clear you're keeping D.A. after Indiana offersheeted him, and you couldn't trade him, and you were keeping him. We're, again, just speculating here. But it, at that moment, it became clear DA's staying. Then we started to hear that Jay Crowder wanted out.
1: Just bringing it all the way back and keeping it real. Really? Jay, what did you do? I'd rather just keep the whole team together.
0: Uh, Just how big of an impact does Colt McCoy have on Kyler Murray? Well, you have heard from Kyler Murray yesterday, and we're going to get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.